while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. tonight so you know during uh, i've said this before but during the campaign uh during the time we were covering all the election stuff the state local and uh national election stuff there were requests like hey can you talk about Fairhaven? can you talk about dartmouth can you get you know more of the town stuff and i want to do that and i'm going to do that so to that end uh we have uh Fairhaven selectman vice chair of the Fairhaven select board leon Corey. hey, hey leon Good evening, Marcus. How are you? Are technically night, so it's not even. Night, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so the first thing I want to talk about a little bit is uh, I've been talking about this on the air for since you ran in the recall election in the summer twenty one. Is the your campaign? You were you didn't have strong name ID when you started, but you built it in the the fundamental retail politics way that most people do it. How did you learn that? I don't know if you had any uh, previous experience in politics. How did you learn how to run a fundamental local campaign like you did? Um, honestly, so it would be a lie to say that I had none. Um, I was the St. Louis field organizer for the 2008 uh, Obama, cam uh, oh. Obama for America campaign. And so I learned that was incredibly grassroots, especially in a place like St. Louis city where, yeah. you know, the crime rate at the time, it was the number two murder city. Um, wow. and so it was just based on not so much getting people to vote for Obama as much of, as it was getting the people who would vote for him anyway Get to out. actually vote. Yeah. Uh, so it was a lot of door knocking and just conversation having. And I, that was the first thing. But yeah. then the other part of it was, it just seemed like common sense. I mean, I'm a sales, I'm a sales executive for a living. Uh, it's something I've done for a long time. And so being in person is kind of the way that I've always driven, driven my, I guess, will use success. Not that I really consider myself successful. Sure. Um, so it just made sense. No one knew me. So it was, I started off and I felt like I campaigned for like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, right. Because I just started by getting involved, you yes. know, um, started with sustainability, but it wasn't even on the radar at that point. That was right. just me getting involved. Sure. Um, but once I recognized the problem, it was, you know, writing in, uh, making my life more transparent. I pretty sure. much opened my entire social media, my family, up yeah. to all of Fairhaven. 
so people could just see me, get to know me, you know, hear my opinions. And then it was, and it was kind of perfect. The recall election worked somewhat to my benefit because it was in the summer. Yeah. So I could spend more daylight hours out knocking on doors. Yeah. I could cover a lot more ground. I didn't have to worry about being cold. I could yeah. walk a lot. And so something I probably wouldn't have been able to do if I just waited until the following spring. So it was just kind of circumstantial that way. Yeah. And you, you were just short, I think, nine, eight, nine votes. I know it was more than I think it was 20 something. Still, um, my wife knows the exact votes. number. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So we're speaking with vice chair of the Fabian Select Board, Leon Corey. My under- just remembering the Obama 08 election, I think. Missouri was actually pretty close. It ended up going for for McCain, but it was I remember it was the margin was pretty uh, pretty thin. So must have done a pretty good job organizing there. So um, Leon, what are so we're you know there's a lot that's gone on in Fairhaven obviously with the recall. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of big capital improvement projects. There's a lot of big um, you know public utility projects. The one I want to start with is one that you've you've uh, vocalized some concern for uh, recently, which is the municipal light project. Um, now, can you explain what exactly the municipal light, municipal light project is, and what are your concerns with its administration going forward? So, and uh, you know, in, in case you remember, I like to talk in very simple terms. So, sure. just the average. I, I think I remember many years ago, someone told me, "Talk like I'm talking to a third grader." <laughs> um, so, if at any point people listening on the radio, you feel like I'm talking to you like you're stupid. Um, it's because I'm talking because I want people to understand it. No, and this is the way that I kind of put it together in my head. Um, so a municipal light plant is basically kind of the, although it can be for multiple things, it's a utility building that allows you to have broadband in this case. Okay. It's kind of the foundation of it. Sure. Without getting too deep into it, because I don't think anybody really cares about like the specific, the specifics of how it works. Yeah. Um, but then the conversation has been around the overall management of the process to put it together. It's the next step as the town explores um, municipal broadband or public broadband um, or what's it? Public internet, as some of the signs may say. Um, that's the next step in the process is putting sure. together a group. So it'll be public internet basically for the town of Fairhaven. Exactly. Okay. What, um, what are your concerns? You know, you'd voice some, cause I know there's, there's a lot of conversation to be had as this goes forward. Like you said about the specifics of its viability and all of that, but what are your concerns with its administration right now? The way I see it is it's a project that needs buy-in. I said mm-hmm. this, you know, during the meeting, um, the more people who want to partake in it, the more people who want to have it, the cheaper it is for each person. Right. And so you, want that buy-in and you want to get more buy-in every step of the process is just kind of selling. Sure. Um, You're selling every step. And so the more people you get to say, to raise their hand and say, Hey, I want this, the more likely it's going to be for the town to even embark on this journey. Yeah. If not enough people early on buy in, then you don't even have enough people to really keep going in the process. It just eventually it doesn't make sense. And at some point, Although we haven't had to spend our own money up to this point, at some point the town will. Of course. And so instead of just continuing on until you actually get to that point, I it benefits me personally. I work from home. I work in tech. Like sure. I would love it. I've heard the the speeds are better, and so on. But I also don't want to pay like whatever 
amount of money for it um, where it would be over what I'm currently paying. Then it just isn't a viable option. Right. Right. So I want it to receive the maximum and of the maximum buy-in. And I think the maximum buy-in will come by taking it out of the select board's hands. I think there are two people who are involved um, who it's just kind of near and dear. Sure. Um, Bob has worked. I don't even know how many hours on this, but this has become kind of his thing and people associate him with it. That's Mr. Bob Espindola. People associate him with it. You talk to, you know, people just kind of casually. And if you talk about broadband, his name will come up. Yeah. Um, And then the other component of it is that um, Stacia Power's husband was kind of leading the initiative for it to be. Um, on the town meeting. He's on the broadband committee. Right, and he's yeah. on the broadband committee. Sure. But, you know, when you wanted the signs that said, you know, own your own internet, those, he was kind of leading that charge. Sure. And so there's, it's associated with two members of the select board, yeah. at least from a perception standpoint. And so by taking it out and putting it in someone else's hands, if they come along and say, hey, this is great, and this is how you would go about it, that's someone who had nothing to do with it up to this point, seeing the potential of it and giving you that addition, that additional buy-in that I think the public will just jump all over. So we're speaking with vice chair of the Fairhaven Select Board, Leon Corey. If you have a question, if you have a comment, you can call us at 508-996-0500. If you have a message, you can message us on the WBSM uh, app chat uh, as well. So yeah, it's not to, they've, you know, obviously um, they've worked tirelessly to make this a reality and you've talked about the benefits and, you know, you working in tech and relying on broadband um, understand the benefits, but you think that uh, if it gets moved to another board or another administrator, um, it will, uh, you think, get a bit more, I guess, there'll be a lot uh, of the, 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 the perception of, of conflict will be basically removed from the public. Right. And then the other part of it is at some point, theoretically, it will end up on BPW's plate no sure. matter what. Because it is a utility. Yeah. So why I don't, my view is just, if it's going to end up there anyway, let it end up there now. I mean, they, right. they, they have the resources, um, they have the capital, you know, the budget would fall under them. Everything would kind of come from there. So why not allow BPW to use the resources yeah. uh, to explore it and learn about it since they're going to manage it. And I'm on the BPW for people who, who, who don't know. I'm not, and I'm not, you know, I just wanted to hear his concerns about it. I'm not doing this because like, oh, I want the broadband. I want to take it over. I just wanted to hear us, uh, uh, Selectman Corey's. Um, uh, opinion on the uh, on the broadband. So we're speaking with Vice Chair of the Select Board, uh, uh, Leon Corey. So is there any other concerns or things worth mentioning with respect to the Municipal Light Project? Not at this time. I mean, I think it's something that I, I, I encourage people to learn about it and don't go by what you're just reading on Facebook or what your neighbor tells you. Mm-hmm. Actually do some research. I mean, I know um, the Sioux Tribe in South Dakota recently, I know because of my my work but they recently started to embark on that journey and signed you know a couple million dollar deal um Mm -hmm. that we were working on um although we didn't necessarily win that bid or our portion of that bid but it's something that they're exploring because they have limited to no internet right and so you know as you try to narrow uh the information gap 
you you know places like that certainly need it because they don't have uh, any other option. No one has laid any fiber or even wires there. Do you know the um the the gen- like we have sixteen thousand people in town roughly. Uh, do you know the general like number of buy-in that you number of resident buy-ins that you'd need in order to make it economically or uh, fiscally viable? No, I don't. I mean, I've heard a lot of numbers thrown around. Um, yeah. And I've heard like the number 600 was, I guess, the most recent. There was a, a survey or something. But um, this was all also most of this kind of went on before my time on the select board. Sure. Um, so I haven't it hasn't come across our plate or our desk in a capacity where I've really looked into it at this point. Um, I think the first time it really came up was in talking about the municipal light plant. So it's not. It's not at a place where I'm trying to pick apart its viability. It's at a place where I just want to make sure we're maximizing the, if we're going forward and we're learning about it and we're exploring it, that I want it to be kind of as successful as possible as we go along versus going through this process and in the end it wasting people's time. So uh, we're speaking with Leon Corey, Vice Chair of the Fair and Select Board. You can give us a call at 508-996-0500 or message on the app chat if you have any questions. So one of the key issues in the in the campaign in the recall uh and even in the campaign in the uh in the general election later that spring was the um hiring of the new town administrator uh you sat on the committee to hire the new town administrator um and it ended up being uh angie lopes ellison (laughs) what's your assessment on her job her her job performance uh thus far i mean Keeping in mind that it's been you know under a year that she's mm-hmm. um, uh, had taken the reins, so to speak, I think Angie's doing a good job. Yeah. Um, I think I agree. The problem that we're running into is the only town administrator we've had besides Miss um, Ellison it was Mark. Um, Mark Reese. Yeah. Mark Reese. The sorry. only permanent town administrator. Right. Yeah. But then prior to that, it was Wendy um, Graves was the interim. Right. Interim. Yeah. Um, and we were executive secretary before that. And sure. So I think your natural inclination is to measure all town administrators by the first one. Yeah. Um, and so there are things that Mark was good at and there are things that Angie's good at. I think Mark was very good at taking the town from where it was financially and helping us get to a place where we are sound yeah. financially, fiscally. Um, Angie focuses more. Angie handles the day-to-day. She does the day-to-day. Um, she kind of... Em- she wants to empower her employees, but she also wants you to to earn it. Um, yeah. So she wants you to demonstrate that you are capable of doing the job. Um, I think she's very matter of fact in how she communicates that. But the reality is, you know, let's call it out. Um, I think if she was a guy and she was you know, behaving the way that she's behaving, everybody would be kind of OK with it and be like, eh, OK, he's you know, he's tough. Yeah. But when it's <laughs> when it's Angie. Yeah. It's, oh, my God, she's so mean, you know, and she wants and people want the select board to come over the top and slap her hand. And that's not just by the state mandates, the state laws on the town administrator and the select board and her contract. um, We don't have that power. Yeah, Um, we have the power collectively to kind of make sure she answers to things and what have you. But as far as personnel matters, we don't have that power to come in and big brother. You know, one of the things I didn't I didn't particularly like, uh, you know, there was a petition, I think, at town meeting to to lower her salary to a dollar. And I don't know. I thought it was, I think, mean spirited and, and misguided. Right. And it's illegal. 
Yeah. It, was, it was a breach of contract if we would have even gone down that road. Sure. But then to if we would have had it on there and the town voted for it, then what? Yeah. Then we're kind of embarrassed and we are the town that decided to you know, put our town administrator's salary at a dollar who it has a contract for three years. So sure. I, I think, you know, these are growing pains early on. And I'm kind of hoping that at some point it all levels off and everybody just learns how to work together. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you kind of have to give somebody a chance to actually do the job first. And sure. the things that we are picking at are in some cases relatively trivial because we're running with rumors. There's rumors that she's, she has a room in the hotel and she sleeps there every night and the town is paying for it. Like that one came to me and I'm like, what? Like, where oh, do some wild. of these come from? Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of how the town is being run at this point. So um, we're speaking with Fairhaven Selectman, uh, Leon Corey. We're taking your calls or app chat messages if you want. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. So welcome back. We're here with Fairhaven Select Board uh, Vice Chair Leon Corey. Uh, if you want to give Leon a call, you can at 508-996-0500. If you want to message us in the app chat, you can. So I wanted to get back to some of the um, some of the, like the campaigning stuff. Uh, what's your perception on the job? Uh, what's your perception of the job? So let's let's kind of let's you ran like like we said you you ran a a, um, a very um, fundamental retail politics local campaign, and it's apparently you did have experience working the Obama campaign in St. Louis. Um, uh, you know that was uh, heavily focused on local uh, voter turnout. Some of your experiences running a lo uh, doing a local campaign here in Fairhaven as a uh, you know, like as a relative newcomer, what, what was that like? Um, so number one, it gave me an opportunity to address a lot of rumors. Sure. If you exist in this town and you try to get involved <laughs> in politics, you yeah. will have a rumor. Sure. Um, and some of them were interesting, but then there were other experiences where I would go to someone's house and you could tell like they were using it as an opportunity to just be ignorant. Yeah. You know, I couldn't punch back basically yeah, yeah. Um, because of the position I was in. So there would be people who would ask me about like critical race theory. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with this job. Oh, I remember when you had the, the debate with you three and, 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 and someone called in the very first call in we got was, are you going to fight CRT? And I'm like, I just hung up. I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I'm not, I'm not entertaining it. Right. right. Um, I had a guy, I was walking down main street and a guy yells out to me, like, are you, are you a Democrat or Republican? And I said, well, in local politics, it's kind of irrelevant. And he said, it well, is. it matters to me. He said, I won't vote for you unless you tell me. And so I said, well, I apologize for losing your vote today. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, because it is irrelevant. The more that I've got involved in it, the more that I realize, like, partisan politics has no place locally. The no. majority of the stuff that you deal with is can a tree, my neighbors, flicked an ash, ash in my yard. You know, kind of stuff like that, that, you know, is us interacting with each other. Yeah. You know, yes, there are buildings and there are major things that you do have to deal with. But the majority of stuff that you're dealing with has nothing to do with your political affiliation. And it's just all about who you are as a person, you know, right. whether you actually, you know, give a damn or are compassionate or whatever it is. And so. Um, you know, that's kind of what I've learned up to this point and my experiences, I think, put me in a position where it was kind of cool to feel like I knew I met everybody who voted for me yeah. based on the numbers of the number of doors I knocked down and the number of votes I got. Yeah. I feel confident that, you know, 95 percent of the people who voted for me, I shook their hand or left a flyer on the door or something. Sure. 
Yeah, familiarity is super important. When I ran a city council campaign, the conversations were really about, like you said, it's not it's not partisan. There's no DRR on your name in the ballot either. And in, in a local election, a lot of it was, hey, I got to know him. He, we had coffee. He pet my dog, you know, stuff like that. People like to be familiar with their local elected official. So um, since you've taken office, uh, which was in the spring, um, what has been your experiences just being a local elected politician? Um it's been interesting, first of all, and I, I, I laugh because my grand, my grandfather used to hate that word when he would say, how was your day? And I would say, interesting. He'd yeah. say, well, what, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and so there are a lot of elements to it. So first of all, just the fact that it actually went beyond uh, Fairhaven. You know, I, I get my, I'm a black man, so I get my hair cut in, in New Bedford. Sure. Um, and... You know, people would talk to me there and they would know who I was. Like, oh, you're that guy? Like, I saw your signs driving down Route 6, blah, blah, blah. I didn't oh, cool. realize it was you, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but then the other part of it is just how warm people have been. I think there were a lot of people who, not necessarily a lot because I wouldn't be here, but I think there were people who just didn't like me because they felt like they were supposed to. Yeah. Or, you know, politically right. they felt like some people felt like I had an agenda or whatever it was. And then once I got in on the job and people recognize just the fact that I'm I'm fair, you know, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I respond to everybody um, and not with your standard, you know, thanks for your email. I'll get back to you. Like I try to answer their question. I'll en I engage people everywhere that they engage me. I go to everything um, so that I can just have these interactions with people until people have really been, you know, warm and welcoming. But sometimes it's, you know, you're in the middle of something and people are stopping you to tell you about something. But most of the time, it's a lot of people just thanking me for getting involved in the town. And that, that's really cool. So we're speaking with uh, Vice Chair of the Faven Select Board, uh, Leon Corey. You talked about constituent calls and all of that. Um, what are some of the like the primary issues um, that you're hearing from the residents? Um, uh, let's see. One of the most, uh, the most common are my neighbor's trash. Mm -hmm. Um, I get a lot of those. Um, also I get a lot of, um, the, the bike kids, you know, people call about the kids on the bicycles, you know, kind of harassing them oh, and, yeah. um, or harassing, you know, their, their neighbor or harassing other kids or what have you. Um, I get a lot of those calls actually to the extent that one day I saw the kids and just had a conversation with them. It was like, hey, you know, look, knock it off. Like, you think it's cool. You think it won't affect you. You think, hey, I'm a minor. You can't do anything to me. And I'm like, in a town like this, like, eventually people will figure out a way yeah. to slap your hand in a way that it hurts. Right. And I was like, and do you really want it to get there? Yeah. Like, you know, you can have your fun. You can ride around your bikes. You can do things. I was like, but, you know, when it gets to the point where you're bullying, especially in an anti-bullying era, it's like, what are you doing? And yeah. so I just told him, I was like, you guys look kind of stupid right now. <laughs> yeah. um, and we had an actual relatively cool, engaging conversation. So it wasn't like me coming down on them, like I'm you know, trying to be their dad in the middle of the street. Just like, hey, you know, let's chat for a minute. Um, and so hopefully it helps. Um, but I just feel like I think I spoke at the high school recently, actually, for their civic section. Okay. Um, and, you know, one of the things I was explaining is I feel like as a as a black man 
you know, I've kind of always been raised with the notion that everything I say matters. You mm-hmm. know, when a camera goes in front, when, you know, they put my, if the news is there and they put it on me, you know, what I say, I could potentially shape an entire, you know, group of people's opinion of a black man with what I say. Wow. Um, and I recognize that. And so I can either allow other people, I can allow, you know, Kanye West to be the voice of, uh, of me, <laughs> yeah. um, or I can do it myself. Right. And so I'd much rather do it myself um, and have those conversations and shape people's views and just represent it. And, you know, and also provide my kids with a legacy. I think I like in a town like this, you know, I have to serve in a way every, everything I do matters. And, sure. you know, someday my kids hopefully will be able to walk through this town with their head held high because their dad just did his best. Right. You know, it's not about me trying to do more. It's not about me trying to run for governor someday. It's not about any of that. It was just me liking this town, loving this town, wanting to get involved and then wanting to provide my kids with the best possible environment. Are you hinting have. at a run for governor? <laughs> <laughs> my wife, that noise you just heard, that shattering was my wife throwing a glass across the room <laughs> using some expletives. <laughs> Sorry, babe. No. Um, so we're speaking with Faven Selectman, Leon Corey. You, you, you're talking about um, as a black man being a voice, um, an important representation uh, of of um, of black men. And have you encountered any difficulties uh, during your campaign or during your tenure as selectman uh, because of your race? Um, in my tenure as a selectman, no. Um, and during my campaign, yeah, there were times where. You know, people would say something, you know, when I came to their house or was walking down the street or whatever the experience was, Um, a comment here and there, kind of some people being uh, afraid of me in a certain capacity was like, they didn't know I existed. And so it was like, oh, and you could tell like the startle, like I know it as a black man, I wasn't making a big deal of it or anything, but like I would just recognize it, kind of, you know, deescalate and have that conversation with people. Um, so there was, there was some of that. And there was also, you know, people who just kind of made assumptions just based on how I looked that I was coming in, uh, to make Fairhaven a woke town. And uh, that was a term that was thrown around. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's stuff like that. That gets thrown around quite a bit. Um, those issues don't really come up a lot, but you were the, you were the, you were the leader of the sort of, um, what people know, uh, people, you know, you were an outspoken voice on this, the, the pride flags, uh, Mm -hmm. at town hall, the select board at the time, uh, as it was composed, decided not to put up a, uh, a pride flag during pride month. Uh, there was a response in kind to plant a hundred, however many Mm -hmm. pride flags around town hall, um, around the border, uh, not around the, the stone wall of, uh, of town hall. Why did you think it was important to speak up uh, on that issue? Um, a lot of times, I think, you know, across different demographics, the, the challenges are related. Sure. You know, people often say when, you know, when, you know, the African-American community gets something, it kind of trickles down to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, it was just a matter of I it wasn't even so much me as a black man. It was just as a person who likes to be held accountable. Sure. You know, everything I say, I will own always. Um, I don't hide behind, you know, in person conversations so that I can say that I never said it. Um, I own everything I say. And so it was more just the fact that something that shouldn't really be political and is just kind of small town stuff 
was was being toyed with. Yeah. Um, you know, no one was really speaking up. No one wanted to come out and just say, you know, logically why it should be or shouldn't be. It was just you know, dancing around with rules that didn't exist at the time. Um, you know, who, what, when, where, and why. Um, you know, the timing was off in certain things. It was, you know, there were so many excuses instead of somebody just saying like, yes or no, and this is why. Right. Um, and so there were no answers. And I think that made it so much worse when just answering the question or answering, you know, the ask, hey, the answer is no. And because you didn't meet the deadline and that's it. Right. You know, but people were so afraid of and they ended up making it a bigger political issue than it needed to be. So now um, you guys have worked on a flag policy. Uh, you know, what was the resolution you came to on that? Um, we kind of just went with the enforcing the policy that already existed. Um, okay. There was a little bit of juggling because um, what was it? The city of Boston or was it the state that had gotten in, into trouble with the with the church um, because they allowed a flag and they didn't really have a policy. And so they got sued. Yeah. Um, and so we just oh, said, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And so we just set a policy. There's a timeline and it's that simple. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you don't want to get into a position where people are trying to put up disrespectful flags and, and play games like that. And I know that was kind of behind the scenes. That was some of the issue uh, previously. So. So uh, from that, you became the chair of uh, of the um, belonging committee. Uh what what is can you talk about some of the work that 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 was a new newly formed committee that that you had founded can you talk about some of the work that committee does in town absolutely um so it was great i put it together with two with uh two women uh in town um i i won't necessarily say their names because they're relatively you know they like to remain relatively anonymous sure yeah um, no i get that and so, but that said, you know, it was an ask. Uh, people kind of around the town started to ask for things like that, and it was something that already existed. Uh, it's meant to bring people together by leveraging or using their differences. Sure. You know, people looked at it as you're trying to isolate each group or you're trying to make, you know, everybody have their day. And it's no, let's use these differences as an opportunity to bring people together so that you can learn about them. Right. Because I think the more you have those personal interactions, the more you learn about those things, the more you will be, the more your, your mind will open. You know, when it's something personal to you, I had posted uh, a few weeks back about an experience that I had in Providence um, with the with a police department. And I, I won't get into it, but it I had just kind of posted no matter how educated I am, no matter how much I achieve, I'm still dealing with these challenges. Okay, And, you know, everyone was up in arms. But if that was someone else that you didn't know, you know I, I'm sure some of those people would have said, well, what did he do wrong? Yeah, right. But because I have the credibility and you know me, you know the kind of person I am, that wasn't your first thought. It right. was, wow, that's terrible that you had to go through that. And so let's make those things personal by expanding you know, the, your, your network and the diversity of the people that you have relationships with, the people that you know, because although there's not a lot of diversity in this town, there's still diversity in this town. Of course. So we're speaking with Leon Corey. He's the vice chair of the Fave and Select Board. I'm going to take a break and then we'll be right back. 
Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. Force needs work. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Many of you might not know this, but my 22-year-old son has autism. So do I. My name is Kevin Valdez, and my intellectual difference makes me the passionate actor that I am. And I'm Mackenzie Cohen, a Paralympian with a developmental difference. Did you know that 97% of HR professionals say that employees with disabilities perform the same or better than their peers without disabilities? Yet still, the differently abled face so many employment challenges in this country. It is time. We start building a workforce that works for all. A workforce that is diverse, inclusive, and equitable for those with intellectual differences. And for those with developmental differences, too. A workforce that recognizes that our greatest strengths lie in our differences. It is time we hire inclusively. Join us, Delivering Jobs, and the Sherm Foundation in creating pathways to one million jobs and leadership opportunities please visit deliveringjobs.org. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Science is not an opinion. People come before pipelines. It's not too late to act on climate. At Earth Justice, we hold these beliefs to be self-evident. We're a national legal nonprofit fighting for your right to a healthy environment. Our 150-plus lawyers represent clients free of charge because now, more than ever, the Earth needs a good lawyer. If you believe what we believe, go to earthjustice.org today. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much needed support to injured warriors and veterans hospitals, because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're here with Vice Chair of the Fave and Select Board, Leon Corey. Um, I think a really great conversation so far. Leon, um, I do want to ask you, you know, about some of the things that you want to do, uh, 
you know, what are your goals going for? Uh, what are your like goals uh, as a member of the select board going forward? Um, so first, I have to say this. Um, have you ever seen the movie Boomerang? I have not. Okay, because there's a, a character, Eddie Murphy's character's name is Marcus. Oh, okay. <laughs> and every time I hear oh, your no. name, there's, um, <laughs> there's a, a scene where Eartha Kitt, the, her character, is like calling out Marcus, and she's an old lady, and like she had a little affair with him. And so every time I hear your name, I just hear the kids saying, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to do that to you, but it just doesn't. Oh, matter. man. <laughs> You're going to have to watch it now. Um, I'm going to have to now. But yeah. I, I'm sure there's a YouTube clip or something somewhere. I will check um, that out. But as far as the town goes, like, you know, my view, I think everyone, um, and I honestly believe that most people, when they first got involved or first got into wanting to run for something, they really, you know, were passionate about it and they wanted to serve in some capacity and they had their view of what the job is supposed to be. And right. I think that there's that's a lot of it. Like, yeah, there's the rules and you have kind of a rule book that you have to follow. But then there is just what your vision is, you know, when you talk about it. Um, and a lot of people would say, oh, well, it's going to be different when you actually get involved. When you get there, you know, it's just politics and you'll see. And it's like, it's once again, it's not. Yeah. And so, you know, what I really want to do is just make sure, like, is be service oriented. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I'm trying to do with the town. It's about answering to the public, answering to the people who voted for me, and making the town the best version it can be according to what the people as a whole want. Will I ever please or will anybody ever please everybody? No. no. And definitely not in the town of Fairhaven. Let's be honest here. I think yeah. Fairhaven is the, you know, the Fairhaven social uh, social media crew. I think is such that no matter how happy, no matter how great things are in this town, people will look. People just need something to talk about. They just need something to complain about. Yeah. Uh, I, I find that the social media, especially in town politics, I've sort of, I've, I've definitely removed myself from that um, because I found that a lot of the the griping about social media there was griping about me and BPW, mm -hmm. you, et cetera. It's, it's part, it comes with the territory. I'm not complaining about it, but it's just like, it doesn't represent the people that actually get to the poll, the majority of the people that actually get to the polls and vote, the people that are really civically engaged, because a lot of the times it's just like, okay, if you have an issue, can you just call me instead yeah. of posting on Facebook about yeah. me? Right? There's a lot of that. Like one of them is with, you know, with my buddies, the firefighters, you know, yeah. people post all day long and although um what's it daniel Loeb's just like you know I, I saw his letter and i believe he sent it to to the select board and so i think there are the people who are acting sure but the majority of people are just posting like oh wow what was me this is so bad we got to do something and then when we have a meeting no one's there yep um and so it it sounds good and but you know one of the benefits to canvassing and and campaigning the way that I did is I get to have these conversations and learn what really matters to people. And so you learn that Facebook is a vocal minority. Yeah. Um, and not even all of them live in Fairhaven, you know, <laughs> have any affiliation with Fairhaven. It's right. just Fairhaven groups happen to be active. And so, you know, they're, they're more interesting. And so, you know, serve those people because the vocal minority are the people that, I mean, the not vocal um, the quiet majority are the people who, you know, really matter. They're the yeah. ones that you really have to serve and they just want to go about their day-to-day -day business. They want the town government to not be dramatic. 
yeah. not be in the news, you know, having your town, living in your town and not having to worry about it being the punchline of another town. Um, that's what people really want. And so and Fairhaven, all in all, is a well run town. Yeah. No matter what people think, you know, if you see how the sausage is made, you probably won't eat sausage anymore. Right. But, you know, it'll but it tastes good. Yeah. And, you know, that's what people want in this town. They just want to go about their business. And so that's been a lot of fun. So is there anything in particular that stands out about the way the town operates that you would like to change? Um, I think the town is afraid. And this isn't a town hall thing. This is a kind of town itself thing or a town yeah. town politics. I think this is where you kind of start to get into generational differences. Um, and, you know, the fact that I'm 45 and considered one of the younger people is, is, or the younger person, it's kind of funny. Now, 45? Some, yes. Thought you were my age. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, good genetics, I guess. Yes, you know, yeah, um, for sure. I, cause, because I, you know, it happens a lot. You know, yeah. people assume that I'm younger. I'm like, no, it's a curse and it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, you can't know what I'm talking about. You're too young. Yeah. Um, but that said, even I have a younger brother who's seven years younger and he played in the NFL for 12 years. Right. And it drove him crazy that like, when he was at BC, I would visit the campus. Yeah, I, was, right. I had graduated from BC, you know, before he even got there. And people would ask me, oh, are you going to come to BC like your big brother? <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, but you know, beyond that, it was, it's more a matter of, um, you know, just break, people are afraid of local, of social media, I think. And I think it's a, where that is the generational, I think it's a generation that hasn't necessarily come up with it as much. I think my generation or my age group is a little bit more comfortable with it. Like sure. we're not, you know, where the 20 somethings are, but yeah. we are in a place where we aren't afraid of it. And so I think a lot of people are afraid of it or look at it like, oh, don't worry about that thing. It's just there. But it is a medium and it is a mechanism to interact with people. Yeah. Even if, yeah, stay away from the, the the groups and what have you. That's people venting. Yeah. You know, in it's some noise. cases, that's people's therapy. That's how they get it out. They sit there. Some of us squeeze a stress ball. Some of us punch walls and some of us post on Facebook. Right. Um, and I, I think that's how people deal with things. But it's also an opportunity to see what people, what matters to some people within all of those things. You pull out you know, key points that could be beneficial or are helpful and allows you to interact and engage yeah. um, with these people. And so I think not being so afraid of social media and embracing it more um, is something that I think the town could do better. So we're speaking with uh, Fairhaven Select Board Chair, uh, Vice Chair, sorry, maybe next year, uh, uh, Fairhaven Select Board Vice Chair, Leon Corey. Uh, so... Um, Leon, we're, we're running up on time, but is there anything else that you'd want to leave the audience with before I let you go? It's been a, a pretty fascinating conversation. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I I was glad, you know, to be invited. We talked about it for, yeah. you know, for a while. And sure. so I'm glad to be here. And I, I'll just say, Al, the more I've gotten involved, the more I've enjoyed getting involved. I mean, it's kind of sure. become my thing that at the end of every meeting, I tell someone or I tell everybody, hey, go to the website, you know, look for volunteer opportunities and get involved. There, There is so many there's so many volunteer opportunities on appointed boards and even on elected boards. A lot of the times it's difficult to find people to run. And there's going to be boards that are up for election this year. Not me. That's why I'm encouraging you to, to pull papers. But, <laughs> 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 but you can go check it out. See, you know what? 
uh, w- what will be available uh, in the spring. Leon, thanks for, so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll definitely have you on in the future. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll close out the 9 o'clock hour. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. The uh, 8 o'clock hour. I thought that was a really fascinating conversation with uh, Fairhaven Select Board Chair Leon Corey. 9 o'clock hour. 